I want to talk to you this morning about something that I think is very, very important, something that uh, we need to put into practice in our life. And if we will do that, we will, <laughs> we're going to have this, the tools available to us that when we face the breaking points in our life, that we can be able to overcome those things, not just uh, get by, not just cope, not just get around them, but come through them victorious in a way that uh, we are strengthened, but also that we're changed, changed for the better. Amen? We're looking at uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 17 for our 2017 little theme. You can open to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 because I want to talk to you about something out of this chapter that really is a, is a pattern for us to look at through times of breakthrough. In 2 Chronicles 20, 17, it says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you. He goes on to say, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. In your life, you will have times of disappointment and discouragement. You will have times that you feel like that you just don't know what else to do, that you are at a breaking point. How many of you have ever been there before? How many of you are there now? There's some people that are there now that aren't here now to hear this message, and I hope that they do because this will equip us not to just barely get by, but to come out victorious. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. As I told you at the January the 1st, as we entered into this, this year, the number 17 is the number of victory, of complete victory. Not just partial victory, but complete victory. And that's what we're going to have this year. And if we're going to have complete victory, we've got to know how to, to go through the, the breaking points. We've got to know how to, to uh, not just survive, but to thrive. You know, I think sometimes we settle for so much less. We're just like, if I can just make it through this, if I can just hold on to the end, you know, then that'll be good. But people, it's not about just holding on to the end. It's about coming out victorious. It's about being changed. It's about being better because Paul says in Romans that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So if it's working for my good, that means I'm not going to come out of this thing less than what I was when I went into it or even just the same as I was when I went into it. I'm going to come out of this thing better and bigger than what I was when I went. Oh, y'all aren't listening to this this morning. <laughs> I wish I had somebody preach to this morning. Anybody needing any of this? He said that, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. We've got to learn how to face our breaking points and see God work and move. And the whole key to this whole thing is two things. It's our actions and our attitude when we come to a breaking point. You might say, well, you know, uh, I'm just not going to have a breaking point. I'm just going just to confess that I'm not going to have a breaking point. Well, good for you. How's that working out for you? It didn't work out for Elijah. How many of you know who he was? One of the greatest prophets that ever walked. Didn't work out for him. After calling fire down from heaven and destroying the prophets of Baal, uh, he got a little disappointed because things didn't work out quite the way he thought. I mean, really? Fire falling down from heaven and all that kind of stuff? After a great victory, you better watch out because after a great victory, Satan wants to get back and maybe bring a, a great defeat. It's kind of like in football. Whenever one team really gets riled up and gets a big turnover, then that kind of stirs up the other team and they want to come back and, and, uh, and they want to win. Amen. <laughs> And so, you know, Elijah, he turned and he ran. 
He ran and to the point of, he was so discouraged, he hid under a juniper tree and he said, I just wished I could die. He was at the point of suicide. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, who's Elijah? I mean, you know, you're you, it won't happen to you. What about Moses? You know, Moses uh, started off his career by striking a, an Egyptian guard and killing him. So he ran and God worked with him. He came back to be who he was called to be, a deliverer. And after going through all that, 40 years into the wilderness and everything else, and the people grumbling and complaining and murmuring and disputing, at the end of this, before crossing into the holy land, into the promised land, they were saying, we need some water, we need some water. And so he turned around and he struck the rock twice. He never did get past that thing at his breaking point. He, he went back to his default system. God didn't tell him to strike the rock. That time he told him to speak to the rock. The rock represented Christ Jesus, the rock Christ Jesus, that the living water flows from him. But Moses hadn't got past it, and at his breaking point, he broke, and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And you know what? He didn't get to enter into the promised land. The things that we do at the breaking point will stop us from going into what, we, what God has for us. Are you listening this morning? This might be the most important message that you've ever heard in your life. If you'll take it and... And take it to heart and apply it. I believe it'll change your life. Change your life forever. You know, David came back. He, him and his men, they'd been out fighting and fighting the, the, the enemy. They were doing God's work. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They came back to the camp and it was burnt to the ground. And all their, their wives and their, their children had been taken captive. And, and they were just, it said that they just grieved. And they cried and cried so much they couldn't even cry anymore. And all the men were rising up saying, well, let's just stone David. You know, it's his fault. You know, he was the one that led us off to battle and all this stuff. And David was at his breaking point. But he did something that changed. And he came out victorious. We all know Job, he had quite a breaking point, don't we? didn't he? But he came out victorious. In fact, he, and, and one statement, and everybody telling him, oh, you ought to just curse God and die. God's doing this. And he said, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. Put his hope and his faith in God. He says, I know my Redeemer lives, and I'm going to see him when he comes upon the earth. The first prophecy of the return of the Messiah was given by Job. Esther, at her breaking point, she didn't give in. She didn't give way. She didn't give up. And it was said, you know, for such a time as this, you've come to the kingdom. It's for a breaking point. Breaking points change things. You know, your attitude ought to be when a breaking point comes, you ought to say, oh, boy, something's getting ready to happen. Instead of you breaking, something ought to break off of you and something ought to change in you that you go forward. You see, the Lord wants to take the principles that you're using on this level and turn them into power for the next level that he's bringing you to. And it's usually at a breaking point of where you take that next level up, either up or down. It depends on what you do at the breaking point. How do you change your breaking point into a meaningful moment? We ought to realize that, again, it's, it's our actions and our attitude. Your attitude ought to be, okay, you know what? Something's going to change here. I'm going to get victory out of this thing, and it's going, to be, it's going to be good. It's going to work out for my good. You know, everybody faces a breaking point sooner or later. You know, it might be that phone call that comes and, and uh, says, we don't need you anymore. You know, we're, we're cutting back 
and uh, we don't need you anymore. It could be that marriage that, that uh, comes to a breaking point. It could be that re- relationship. It could be a friend, a friend. It could be a loved one. It could be a child. It could be finances. It could be health issues. Something will bring you to a breaking point because Satan will use it to try to break you and put you down and have you give up. But God can use it to strengthen you and break things off of you so that you can mount up with wings as eagles <laughs> and soar. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want you to open to First Corinthians or First Chronicles chapter 20. And I want us to look down through this story. We've selected verse 17 as our kind of our little motto verse for this year. But actually, I want us to look at the whole setting of this story and see what happens because Jehoshaphat and all the children of Israel, they had come to a breaking point. The enemy had surrounded them and come in and, and they were pushing them back and so something needed to change. And I want us to, to look at this because I believe out of this, out of his word, we're going to find four things, four things, four actions that we can do to turn a breaking point into a meaningful moment and then look at the attitude that we should have in the midst of it. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning with verse 1, let's see what's happening here. It says, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Minyanites came to make war with Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. That's Syria. It is already at Hazazon Tamar, that is in Gadai. Alarmed, here we go. Here comes the breaking point. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. What's the first thing that they're doing when the breaking point came? They didn't turn and run. They didn't hightail it out of there like Elijah did. They said, let's pray. Let's pray. Now, sometimes we just use that as a, you know, as just a passing off thing. Okay, I'll pray about it. You know, and that's how we put it over here on this shelf. I'm not going to deal with it. Hello, I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep type prayer. I'm not talking about bless the bread, bless the meat, food's getting cold, let's eat type prayer. Yeah, I'm talking about praying, seeking the Lord. He said fasting and seeking the Lord. That's getting serious. When you give up, you know, your food and when you say, boy, I got to get before God, I need to have his attention here. I'm at a breaking point. You know, they get that saying, it says it was the straw that broke the camel's back. It's because all those other straws were loaded on first, and then there's just that one left that dropped on there. Sometimes all this stuff just mounts up, mounts up, mounts up, and you coping with it, coping with it, and it's just one more thing, and it's just like, that's it. I can't handle it anymore. It's like, what happened? It didn't just happen overnight. It starts to build up. Satan builds it up and builds it up, and it can be a combination of all these things, and then just one thing hits, and you say, that's it, and you throw in the towel. You throw up your hands and say, that's it. I'm out of here. Have you ever been to a breaking point? Let me tell you something. You won't know how good a husband you got or how good a wife you got until you've made it through a breaking point. Sandy and I haven't been married 43 years without going through some breaking points. But sometimes when you get to a breaking point, do you want to give up and get out? Or do you want to kneel, get, get on your knees before God and say, okay, God, here we are. And nobody else can handle this but you, but our trust is in you. The psalmist said in the 32nd Psalm, he said, Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely. Everybody say, surely. surely. Say it again. Surely. surely. 
What does that mean? Absolutely. <laughs> Count on it. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. Let me, let's put it into the, the context again. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I don't see any... If you will, Lord, or will you, will you, God? He says, this is who you are, and I believe that. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. The problem with prayer is we don't believe half the stuff we're praying. We're just throwing it out there. We're just like, well, let's send up another one and see if that helps. You might as well be like the, the Hindustanics, over, the Buddhists over there that we went to India, and they have these flags. You know, it looks like those things that they put up when you have a grand opening, except these were different colors and stuff and things written on them and what they do is they write on them they hang them up there and when the wind blows they hope that maybe the gods will hear their prayers hello i don't have to write something down let the wind blow it <laughs> i need to let the spirit of god within me birth that prayer before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help me in my time of need with no if ands or buts about it no maybe god will or whatever he says hang you you're going to deliver me and surely <laughs> We need to pray some surely prayers, not some surely prayers, but some surely prayers. When the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. Lord, I'm not worried about this. Oh, I can be washed, but I can't be drowned. <laughs> you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. <laughs> you know, Jesus was at a breaking point. Let me tell you, everybody's going to have a breaking point. And he went to the garden, and he took his disciples with him. And he says, and then he took uh, Peter and the sons of Zebedee, which was James and John, a little bit further. And he said, stay here and watch with me for an hour. i got to pray. I'm at my breaking point. And I need you praying with me. And he went and prayed. And you know what? It didn't just take just a, a second just stepping in. Okay, God, I'm here. And so you take care of it. I'm back to do what i got to do. Nah. Let me tell you something. You need to have some... Surely prayers, some Garden of Gethsemane prayers. When you're at a breaking point, you better be serious because I can tell you something, somebody that is serious, and that's your adversary, the devil. He's very serious because he's instigated, he's orchestrated this breaking point. He wants to bring you down. He wants to knock you out. He wants to take you out and, and dash your dreams upon the rocks of life. Don't give in, don't give way, and don't holler out despair if you're going to say anything, begin to say how good God is. That's what the psalmist did. That's what Jehoshaphat and them did. You're the one that delivers us. Oh, God, we'll look to you. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. Begin to say how big God is. Don't tell God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big God is. You've heard that before. Say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. When we come before God and we pray and we believe and we're filled with expectation, we launch out in our faith and we begin to move the mountain by speaking to it, say, get out of the way. Breaking point, you're coming down, you're breaking. Amen. Jesus in the garden at that breaking point, sweating drops of blood. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he tells his disciples, stay and keep watch with me. Come on, help me out. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. When somebody calls you up on the phone and they're going through a breaking point and they need you to pray with them, don't just say, okay, I'm going to pray about it. I mean, that might be what you say, but if you say that, you mean that. 
Because they're crying out like Jesus did, saying, watch with me, stay and watch with me. My soul is troubled to the point of death. <laughs> you ain't never been to a breaking point. If that don't touch you, it ought to rock us to our very soul. We need to learn how to stand with one another in prayer during breaking points. And don't you say, well, what did you do? You got sin in your life? <laughs> did Jesus have sin in his life? Did Elijah have sin in his life? You know, the, what, there's something there. Hey, you know, don't be looking at that. Be praying. Look at, looking under Jesus. If you're going to look at something, look under Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Let me tell you, and don't just throw in some little prayer. You're at a breaking point. It's serious business. Like I said, it ain't no lay me down to sleep type prayer or anything like that. It's a, uh, it, it's a uh, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. It's a consistent prayer before the throne of grace. Asking, seeking, knocking before God. Trusting him. And then you need to pray. This prayer ought to be engulfed in, and uh, under the direction of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because you don't know how to pray. Because you don't know what's happening. Right? Because it's a breaking point. If you knew what was happening, you would probably wouldn't be there in the first place. Hello. You can look at Romans 8, 26. The Apostle Paul said, you know, the Spirit helps us in our infirmity, in our weakness. In our weaknesses, we don't know what to pray. When you're at a breaking point, that's why you're crying out for somebody else to help you pray. Because you don't know how to pray. You don't know what to pray for. You, don't, you, know, you just know that you're in a situation and you need something to happen now. Not tomorrow, not somewhere, but you need, you need God right now. Paul says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Boy, I like what he says in verse 27. And he who searches our hearts, who is God... He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The Holy Spirit's going to pray, going to intercede for you in accordance with God's will. Isn't that what we need? Man, God gives it to us everything. He makes everything available to us so that we don't have to break. We don't have to break. That situation has to break. So you come, and when you pray, and when you're praying, it ought to be consistent. It ought to be spirit-filled and spirit-led, and it ought to be with faith. As I said a while ago, Jesus said in in Mark 11, 22 through 24, Therefore I tell you whatsoever, or whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Prayer believing, not prayer wishing. It's not a... Maybe so, I hope so, type of natural type of thing, but it's a no so hope as a spiritual type of hope that knows and expects that God's going to move and He's going to intervene at this breaking point. Look out, I'm going to step up, I got to see what God's going to do. You won't have to fight the battle. Go out and take up your positions and stand firm. What's your position? The principles of God. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to expect. And I'm going to believe. And I'm going to go forward. And I'm going to do what God tells me to do. You won't have to fight, but take up your position. And see the deliverance, the salvation, the deliverance that that God brings. The second action that you need to have, you're, you're praying. The second thing, and we just tied into it there with Mark 11. The next thing you need to have is hope expectation and again it's not the natural type of hope 
It's not the wishing, wishy-washy type of hope. It's the no-so hope. He says there in the fifth verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, then Jehoshaphat stood up. Now this is after they'd prayed. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard. And he said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? (laughs) God, you're, you're up there. You're in heaven. You're overseeing all this thing. The earthly problems are no big thing for you. You're watching over it all. Are you not the God that is in heaven? He says, uh, um, he stood up and he's in the assembly. He says, uh, in the temple in the front of the new courtyard and said, Oh Lord, uh, God of our fathers, are you not God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might is in your hand and no one can withstand you. Boy, it sounds like He's kind of speaking some hope and some faith into those that are hearing the prayer, into himself. There's sometimes when I pray, I need to begin to say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I need to hallow the name of God so that it brings faith in me that I begin to believe who he is. Because sometimes you can get so low that you can't see how good he is and you need to remind yourself. So if you're going to say anything, you need to say how big God is and how good God is and what God can do. Are you not the God that, that's in heaven and, and who rules over everything and nothing's too difficult for you? That's who I'm talking to today. That's who I have an audience with. i got an audience with God Almighty, the creator of the universe, who created all things and nothing's too difficult for him. That's who I'm talking to today. And I want to tell you something, that begins to build some hope. I don't know about, if that don't light your, your wood your, or your fire, your wood's wet, you know? <laughs> I mean, that ought to get you going. That ought to get you pumped up. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you, O our God. Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? God, didn't you do that? Somehow we don't really need to remind God. We're reminding ourselves. See, in this thing, and as we're praying, and so we hear that, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the word, or the message that's going forth, and here it comes. He says, and then he says, you know, they've lived in it, and they have built a sanctuary for your name, or, and, and we, we've been here, they meaning we, your people, have lived in it, and we built a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress at our breaking point, if you will, and you will hear us and save us or deliver us. Then he goes on to say, you know, but here are these guys, these men have come up here from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when that they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. Verse 11, see how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession that you gave us an inheritance, as an inheritance? Remind ourselves, wait a minute, this is mine. I don't have to compromise with the devil. I don't have to, you know, surrender what what God has given to me. I don't negotiate with demons. I don't know, with terrorists. Demon terrorists, I don't negotiate with them. Wait a minute. I don't even need to speak to them. I'm, going, I'm talking to God, and he's going to do this. Yes. Oh, our God, verse 12, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. 
Now, here we go. He's not speaking negative. He's speaking truth, and he's putting his hope and expectation to God. He says, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. There you go. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to know what to do, but you need to come to God in prayer. You need to come to him expecting that he knows what to do. Amen. He knows what to do. Say, my eyes are upon you. I'm looking to you. I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I just know you'll handle it. Because I got to do your business, and I don't have time to mess with no breaking points. But our eyes are upon you. And then it says, all the men of Judah with their wives and children and their little ones stood there before the Lord. They were at their breaking point. You need to come before God. You need to come before God with a prayer that believes who he is and what his word says. The principles of his word. And then you need to put your expectation in him. See, because you're in that place probably because you got disappointed. Somebody let you down. Your expectations for that marriage aren't met. Now you're at a breaking point. Your expectations for that, uh, that job aren't met, and now you're at a breaking point. Everybody there, you're having problems with everybody. All the financial situations and everything that you were expecting, all this other stuff to come through, now you're at this breaking point, and just it didn't happen the way you expected it to happen, so you are at this breaking point. See, we need to put our expectations in God because we're at this place now, this breaking point, because of failed expectations. And they came before him. David said, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my soul, wait thou only upon God for my expectation, my hope, my hope, my expectation is in you. My hope is in you. I'm not hoping in this or not hoping in that. If so-and-so, ha- this happens or that happens, no, my expectation in that. God, my hope is in you. You know, we look around to see what can happen, and we, we think, okay, well, I'm expecting, we're put, starting to shuffle out our, our you know, dally out our, all of our expectations, and if this happens, then such and such, and if this happens, then, and then we're trying to figure out how it's going to work out, and if all these things w- work out, then we can make it through, we can cope with this thing, we can get past this breaking point. Now, you're, you're putting your expectation out here. You need to put it in God. You need to put it in Him. Because, see, if you're expecting that person to change, you're going to still be at a breaking point. Because you can't change them. The only, th- only person you can change is you. And so this breaking point needs to work for you. All things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. It needs to work in you. It needs to change you. And you'll make it through the breaking point. Don't put your expectations on somebody else changing or this situation changing or this circumstance happening or whatever. You put your expectation in God. The 33rd Psalm, I like what the psalmist says. (laughs) Verse 18, he says, But the eyes of the Lord are on all those who fear or reverence him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Where's your hope today? Where's your expectation today? If it's not in God, you're going to be disappointed. And disappointment brings frustration. It brings anger. It brings fear. It brings doubt. It brings despair. It brings discouragement. It brings depression. It brings you down. Or those, it says, but Lord, your eyes, 
The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, who reverence the Lord, who respect him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. That's where his eyes are. And so when your hope is in him, he's looking at you. He's looking right at you. Okay, I see your need. I see you in the midst of this. Don't worry, I see you. I got a new puppy, and a little German shepherd puppy. She's four months old. And so when she doesn't, when she gets afraid of something, she barks, you know, because hair on her back stands up, and she acts real aggressive because she's really afraid is what it is. And so I'll take her out, you know, to walk, and, and uh, she's doing her business, and I'm praying. And, and so uh, we were walking around our pond. It was dark, and all of a sudden she heard something, and she, whoo, whoo, she started barking. Got a good bark on her. And I just went over there and petted her and said, it's okay. It's all right. It's going to be okay. I just petted her. And she kind of sat there for a minute, and she started to bark. I said, it's okay. It's all right. And then she kind of sat down, and she said, well, if it's okay with him, I guess it's all right with me. <laughs> I still can't see it. I can still hear it. Something's there. And that's what God wants us to do. It's in the night season, and it's dark, and, and we don't know, and we're afraid, and so we don't know. We just react or something. But God says, oh, wait a minute. Put your... Put your hope in me. My eyes are on you. If you're hoping to me, I love you. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm right here. I'm right here beside you. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Verse 19 of the 33rd Psalm says, To deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. He's going he's to deliver you from this breaking point. Verse 20, We wait in hope. For the Lord, he is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. We wait in hope, in expectation for the Lord, not in something else. People, man, it seems so easy to talk about this right now. But it's a hard thing to do when you're at your breaking point. Because what you have to do is like you have to give up on trying to manipulate and manage this situation and manage your breaking point to where you can make it through instead of coming back and just trusting in God and say, Lord, change me. Change me. Let this make me better. Where, where am I weak that, it's, that, this is, that this is getting to me? Strengthen me where this doesn't bring fear. This doesn't bring doubt. This doesn't bring discouragement. Strengthen me so I'm not affected by this breaking point that I can rise above the breaking point. You know, we, it's either fight or flight. You know, Moses was, he struck the rod, or the, the rock twice. Elijah, he, he was, he, he fled. He left. People, it's not either one. It's standing. <laughs> It's standing. And when you've done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. And here we go. Got on the armor of God. Stand. You not have to fight this battle. But you go out. Take up your position. What's your position as a child of God? To trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not unto my own understanding. I'm going to take up my position as a child of God. Doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm going to face it down. Because my eyes are upon the Lord. I don't have to be afraid of it. Because I'm looking at the Lord. You know, it may be like a train coming at you. And you sit there looking at it. Oh, boy, I don't know if it's going to stop. Don't be looking at the train. Be looking at Jesus. <laughs> it can't take you out until he's finished with you. Amen? Do you believe that? Like Charlie used to say, we'd be nine foot tall and invincible. <laughs> you know, who's going to mess with you when God's on your side? If God be for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Ain't no breaking point going to break me. 
It's going to change me. Lord, let it change me. I'm going to change. I'm going to be stronger. What is it in me that is, is doubting? What's bringing discouragement? What's bringing depression? Oh, it was those expectations there. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to uphold that person. I want your principles to be in them so they can stand through this because they're at a breaking point too. Boy, when two breaking points come together, look out. That's why we need, as Christians, the best thing you can do for a person, in, if you're in a relationship with it, it's at a breaking point, the best, the best thing that you can do is to take care of yourself and, and to change and say, okay, God, change me. Work your principles in me. Let me shine forth who you are, not who I am. I don't want to go back to default like Moses did and strike that rock like he struck that soldier. But we get to beat up on Moses today. Yeah. You know? Don't fall back into your old default program. Change. Verse 22 of the 33rd Psalm. The psalmist says, May your unfailing love rest upon us. O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. (laughs) It's when we put our hope in him, our expectation in him. I'm telling you, 99% of the, the time, the problem is because we put our expectation in something else. You know, something didn't work out. It's not going the way we expected, so we get fearful. Maybe it's even subconscious. We don't really even know what it is, but yet we don't know. Maybe we think that we can't make it to that point. It's, it seems like failure, and it throws back failure in our mind. So our default is, okay, I want to reject that. I want to get away from that because I've had too many failures in my life. So I'm going to come over here where, I'm, where I can create it, where I don't have to face failure. I'm not going to fail there. I'm going to do this. I can make this. I know this road. I can make it through this road. I know this road. No, we're giving up. We're stepping out. We're letting the breaking point break us. We're going back over into default mode. We're not letting it change us. People, we've got to let him change us and say, God, I know you're going to handle this breaking point. So in the meantime, work in me. Change me. I'm not coming out of this thing just barely getting by. I'm going to come out of this thing victorious. I'm going to come out of this thing better. Marriages will be stronger. Like I said before, you haven't got a marriage until it's come to a breaking point four or five times. <laughs> Hello. We've been married 43 years. Anybody been married more than 43 years? <laughs> Still pups. Then take some advice from this old codger. He <laughs> said, What, Pastor? And my darling wife, Sandy's listening to this live right now. Hello, honey. She sent me a text a while ago. She was listening to the music. She said, I'm listening. I'm praying. Tell you what, when expectations, if I let expectations come here and I'm thinking, and I, then I'll get mad because that's not working out the way I thought it should work out. So what do I do? Do I bail out at that breaking point? Not if it's going to be successful. Not if you're going to have victory. Isn't that what we're looking for? Victory. Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope, (laughs) this hope that we're talking about that that gets us through this breaking point. We have this hope, not that hope, not that hope of the world, but we have this hope, the hope of God, the spiritual type of hope that is earnest expectation that something good's going to happen out of this thing. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. It's going to hold me, it says, it says, uh, firm and secure. We have this hope as an anchor for my mind that's trying to figure it out. 
my will that wants to have my own will, not the will of God. Is that what Jesus was struggling with? Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. At his breaking point, my emotions, depression, discouragement, or anger, and, and whatever, you know. But we have this hope, this hope as an anchor for your soul. Your soul is what will pull you down and bring you on into a, the breaking point and leave you shattered. That's why David's folks said, my soul, come on, mind, you think only about God. Will, you surrender to the will of God. Emotions, you rejoice. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged that God's on the throne. He's the God of heaven. Don't be fearful. Be faithful. Don't be full of doubt. Be full of hope. Don't be worrying. Be praying. You've got to speak to yourself. Paul said speaking to yourself with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You've got to speak to yourself and say, come on, self, get with it. You better, you better take a hold of this thing because your soul will bring you to the breaking point and leave you there, as I said a while ago, shattered. We have this hope. The Apostle Paul was saying that. We have this hope. You don't think that he knew what he was talking about here? He'd been stoned and he'd been whipped and left for dead, and he's doing God's work. He's, here is Silas beside him, Paul and Silas, and they're in prison. They're in prison for preaching the word. That ought to, that's a breaking point, huh? Like, well, I thought we were doing something good. Now we're in jail. Down in not just a nice jail with air conditioning and televisions. I'm talking about in the dungeon there in, in Philippi and, and down there. So what do they do? They start saying, well, if you'd have preached better, Paul, then this wouldn't have happened. Well, Silas, you should have stood there and not let them do what they did. And, you know, here they go. They're fighting because it had to be somebody's fault that they're in prison, right? Well, I'm not preaching with you anymore. So I said, I ain't sure I'm preaching with you no more. That's not what they did. They said, hey. Let's have worship. And they began to sing in the prison. And that's where the jailhouse rock came about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Man, I mean, it shook so hard that the doors busted open. Yeah. Wow. Not because they were mad and they were shaking that prison and whatever and shaking her fist at God and God why have you done something we're preaching for you and we're doing all this for you and and we we did all this and you hadn't done nothing where are you at I thought you said it was you're going to help us out because you know not only do we get mad at other people when we're at a breaking point we really get mad at God don't we and whoever seems to be associated with him I thought people get mad at me I'm like what's up <laughs> I didn't do nothing and God said that's okay don't worry about it they're just mad at me so if they're mad at me, they're going to be mad at you, and they're going to be mad at the church, and they're going to be mad at other people in the church. And have you ever had that happen, Danny? <laughs> no, but so they begin to sing. They didn't start talking negative. They didn't start arguing. They didn't start blaming. They just said, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Man. And they stung it again, and it just shook. You see, the angels begin to join in, join in with them, and it's it just that echo. And, you know, they talk about these singers, these opera singers that can sing and break shattered glass. That's fine. I like them angels joining in with saints and singing and rumbling the gates of prisons and stuff and shaking them loose. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> in the 37th Psalm, he says, Delight yourself. In the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself. It means to be highly pleased in Him. 
And you can only be highly pleased in him when your expectation, your hope is in him. Hallelujah. Hope. Unshakable confidence concerning the future. That's what hope is. Unshakable confidence concerning the future. Surely. <laughs> and boy, you take a prayer that's coupled together with expectation or believing. What sort of things you desire when you pray? Believe that you, uh, that you have them and it's going to happen. Praise God. Well, we could talk about hope all day. It's firm. It's secure. That means it's not shakable. It's not going to turn loose. It's not going to, something's not going to rattle it loose. It's firm and secure, and it says it's anchored into the inner sanctuary. Now, I want to tell you something. Ain't no demon in hell going to be able to go into the inner sanctuary and unhook my anchor of hope. You got that? It's anchored into the inner sanctuary. It's hell. They're safe and secure. <laughs> Praise God. We used to sing that old song, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms, safe and secure from all alarms. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, man, that's where we need to be. Not worried about it. At the breaking point, just lean over on Jesus. Isaiah 31, verse 1 says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. Oh, you going to the world for help? You going back into your default system for help? How to get through this breaking point? You going to try to check it out and see, you know, 10 steps for whatever and, and, you know, and here's how you negotiate and all this other stuff, huh? It says, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and who you are and, and all of this. And you got strength in this and I got strength in that. And well, here you go. And while all you are is you're just rearing up and they're rearing back up at you too. You ever been in one of them things, you know? You look in and you're going to stare them down and they're just staring you back down. Here we go. And boy, pretty soon there ain't no more of this. You've you got to get after it, right? Because, I mean, you can only stare and do that for so long and then it ain't cool no more, you know? I mean, what comes after that? <laughs> you, got to, you got to take another action or you step down and you don't want to step down because now, you, you know, you're, I'm all this. You don't even want to get there. He says, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. You who trust in horses and, and, and the multitude of their chariots and, and in the great strength of their, their horsemen. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. You're going to try to trust in all that stuff? Um, forget it. You're going to be, the breaking point's going to get you. We need that God kind of hope. It's firm. It means it's steady. It's stable. It's solid. It's unbending. It's uncompromising. It's unyielding. It's determined. It's steadfast. It's definite. It's established. It's fixed. It's anchored. That's my hope. And it's not giving way because my expectation is in God. And he will never fail me. That's a good place to shout. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. I jotted this little statement down that I write down in different things when breaking points start to kind of come in at me. Hope sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. Hope. Doing the impossible, making the impossible possible in the impossible times, amen? And it's secure, it's fastened, it's sturdy, it's certain, it's guaranteed. That word in the Greek, secure, means guaranteed. You got a guarantee here that God is going to push this thing aside. You follow him, just follow him. Keep your eyes on him. 
Colossians 1.27, Paul says, to them, uh, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So turn to him. Let him be in you, the character of Christ, who he is. The fruit of the Spirit ought to be shining forth. And maybe at this breaking point, it's time for some more fruit to come forward. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So at your breaking point, you just begin to talk to yourself. Okay, let's see. Where are we in love? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, man. I have to love them. Oh, you can't even make it past that first one. You still got eight more to go. My goodness. Because after love comes joy. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Joy? Yeah, rejoice in the Lord always. Paul said, I'll say it again from prison. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your moderation, let your calmness, let your moderation be known by all men. The Lord is at hand. That's what he says. You got to rejoice. Don't get down into the worry and don't get down into the fight and don't get down into the arguing. Oh, praise God. I get to change out of this. I'm going to be stronger after this. I'm going to be changed. More of Christ is going to be seen in me. You know, we, on this level, we're learning his principles and we hear them and we say, yeah, that's good. I'm going to put that in my life. And that's all fine and well. You got it in your backpack. But you don't take it out to use it. It ain't no good. See, faith ain't faith until it's tested. And a principle, a character, and a character until it's tried. The trial of your faith works patience and perseverance. It's that trial that brings it out. It solidifies it. And so, yeah, we can talk about who we ought to be in Christ. But until you come to that breaking point and you become like him, now there's a difference. It's like the guy watching... Paul cast out demons. No, that's a, pretty good, that's a pretty good trick, man. I think I can do that. So he comes up to him and says, you know, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, I, I tell you, you come out and the demons come out and beat him up. <laughs> they said, Paul, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? <laughs> yeah, you, uh, nuh-uh. <laughs> you better be you. It better be the, the character of Christ coming out of you, not put on something. Paul says in Romans 15, verse 13, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Got to trust in him. Hmm. So where are you at in this breaking point? Are you trusting in God? Because, see, it's like, what am I going to do? 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 Isn't that what we're saying at the breaking point? But we've got to turn it and say, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but it's okay. <laughs> I trust in you. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, is this an important thing or not? Yeah, hope is. So, Pastor, I've heard you preach about hope before. Well, you're hearing it again because I need to hear it every day. <laughs> because it seems like that hope, you know, if I get my eyes off of Jesus, it starts to erode because I start to put expectations over here, this and that and this and that. But he says, well, it calls you to overflow with hope. It, it, you know, it produces joy and peace. Isn't that what we need in the breaking point? Joy and peace? Absolutely. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. So we've got to pray. Here's the actions that you need to have in a breaking point. Prayer. I mean prayer. Prayer. 
that believes and it's coupled by and now you're into hope. You're, expect, you're expecting God to do this. You're trusting in him. So now you're full of joy and peace. And so this is where then that faith activates. And you've got to activate faith in your life. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So we haven't seen the break the breakthroughs, the breaking points here. We haven't seen the victory yet, but now by faith, I'm expecting it. I'm praying. I'm asking God to intervene, and I'm expecting it. Now then, I don't see it over there, but my faith sees it. Hello, come on now. Faith is being sure or confident of what we are hoping or what we're expecting. Because we're expecting this and we're praying. Now then, that's good. But if you don't watch out, that hope will start to do this on you. I know it's firm and secure, but my mind is starting to bring it down. i got to get my How many? Oh, y'all, y'all never been through any of this stuff? Man, you ain't lived until you come to some breaking points. Because, see, if you just leave it there, then your mind's going to start wandering again. You're going to start trying to figure it out. And here, oh, no, i got to get back up here on this mountain of hope. Come on now. You say, Pastor, you struggle like that? Absolutely. I don't, be, I don't mind being named with Moses and Elijah and David and, and, and you know, well, I don't know about Jonah. You know, he he kind of hit, skipped town, but. Uh, <laughs> now, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain. Surely, I'm confident, I'm assured of what I don't see. I know that I know. In my knower, I know. I'm expecting it, and I see it. By faith, I see it. So therefore, I'm going to act like I'm already there. If you're already on the other side of the, of the breaking point, what do you usually do? Woo! Praise God! That's over, right? See, because praise is the language of faith. Faith. Oh, yeah, I got faith. You ain't got any faith until you come through some breaking points with victory. Faith is the essence. It's the substance of things hopeful. It's the very essence of what I'm expecting. It's it. The very essence. What I'm expecting, and I see it here in my spirit, in my mind, and I'm expecting that. But faith says, hey, wait a minute. Faith is the very essence of what you are expecting. It's done. It's settled. It's the title and deed for that thing. I know it's hard to get, and we talk about it. But he says, and he Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, I've got to have faith to go back here where I'm praying and expecting God, but I've got to have that faith that's coupled together with prayer and hope, and then this faith makes it, because now I'm, I'm expecting him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God in my prayer must believe that he is. He is what? He's the one that's going to handle this breaking point. That he is, and that he's a rewarder. And wait a minute. Not only is he going to handle my breaking point, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm diligently seeking him. And so, wait a minute. You mean I'm going to get a reward out of this thing? I'm going to get a blessing out of my breakthrough? Woo! Wait a minute. This turned into a meaningful moment. (laughs) I'm going to get a reward out of my breaking point. Man, God's never going to leave you high and dry. Peter at the point of breaking. He says, oh, Lord, because Jesus said, all of you are going to, you, you strike the shepherd and all the sheep will flee. He says, oh, Lord, everybody else will run away, but I'm not going to, I won't ever leave you. 
oh, Peter, <laughs> before, the, before the, cro- the cock cries twice, you're going to deny me three times, man. You're going to come to your breaking point, and you're going to break. He says, you need to pray that you don't fall into this temptation. Sure enough, Peter came to the breaking point, and he broke. And he was so broke that after all this, he said, you know what? He told the guys, I'm going fishing. Now, what he was saying was, I'm going back to doing what I did before I left to follow him. He let me down. He dropped me when I put everything I had into him. I trusted him. I followed him, and he dropped me. So I'm just going to go back to fishing, going back to doing what I used to do. I'm just going to go back to default. I can handle that. I can't handle this. They're going to kill us. If they find us, they're going to kill us. I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm going fishing. They said, hey, we're going with you, man. We're out of this. I'm not handling this breaking point. So they're out there fishing. And they're probably just saying how bad it is. Nobody knows the trouble that I see. <laughs> singing hee-haw songs. Some of y'all never heard of hee-haw. They used to sing that old song. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I had no luck at all. Gloom, despair. I'm sure that's what they're doing out there fishing. Throwing the net. Gloom, despair. So what'd they catch? So you know what? Here comes Jesus walking on the shore. He says, hey, men, out there in the boat, what you got? Oh, man, we fished all night. We ain't got nothing. If I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't even have no luck at all. I ain't got nothing. We fished all night. We, man, I can't even go back to doing what I used to do. <laughs> I ain't no work back here even in this. I am, man, I am at my breaking point. Jesus, I'll tell you what. Put that net down on the other side. And they're like, what does he know? We're the ones that know what to do. We learn how to do But you know what? Okay. What we got to lose? Throw it out. He's a rewarder. Sometimes when we don't even get to looking, pulling in, whoa, wait a minute. Now the net's at a breaking point. Now it starts to break. Hey, what do you do? Hey, guys in the other boat, you call for your friends. Come on, help me bring in this reward. We got so much fish, it's enough for everybody because it's going to sink our boat. Come on, get some of this reward here. God's so good. God's so good. He comes to us when we're down and, and out and discouraged. And he says, hey, hey, come on, get your eyes back here. Come on, come on, look, look at me. Because Peter then says, my Lord and my God. <laughs> we need to remember who he is in your breaking point. Verse 14 of 2 Chronicles 20. I've got to hurry up with this. He says, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite. You know, if you go through all those names, Basically, it's the, the Son of God, call of God, hope of God. It's all this stuff about God. And so this, this prophet, he is the one that is coming from the Lord. This is like, this is the Lord speaking. This is the message, okay, that's coming. And so uh, he, he says to him, and he's a descender from Asaph, who was the, the chief pre, uh, the um, worship leader. And verse 15 says, here's the word of the Lord that comes. Here's the message that comes. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. Oh, wait a minute. 
thought you said it's his, his battle. What's up with that? You're going to face your breaking point because you can go out there in the character of God. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing at the pass of Ziz. He tells them where they are. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerusalem. It's going to be a desert place. It's going to be, man, yeah, your breaking point, it's going to be nothing there. It's going to be barren. But you go out there and you, you stand firm in that. Verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. People, that's the Christian life. That's all we have to do in a Christian life. It's become who we are. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Now just be it. Just be that. Take up your position. Be a child of God. Be an overcomer. Be a victor. Be a winner, not a wiener. Be a victor, not a victim. Come on. He says, take up your positions. He said, you don't have to fight this battle. Just take up your positions. Stand firm. Don't you back away. Don't you, sh- don't you back off. Don't you, don't you run away. You stand firm. And see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Because, see, we'll stand firm on his principles, you know, until t- stuff gets going bad. Yeah, we'll give and tithe when it's okay. But, boy, when things get a little tight, well, I don't know. We're going to make it or not. Oh, really? Where's your trust? Take up your position. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Come on now, don't be afraid because fear feeds that thing. That breaking point gets bigger. Fear is the opposite of faith. Worry is the opposite of prayer. Doubt's the opposite of hope. So he says, uh, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. People, you got to face it. Don't run from it. That's what we want to do. We want to bail out on this thing, on this relationship, on this situation or whatever. And we want to run from it. He says, no. He says, you go out. And he says, you face tomorrow. See, you might need to go to that person and say, man, whether you did or not, man, obviously I've offended you somehow. But we're at this impasse. Okay? Obviously I've offended you. Will you forgive me? Now, you, now your might, mind might be saying, you ain't done nothing. They're the one doing all this stuff. You'll just slap the fat off their face. You know? You'll take them out. You know, if they hadn't done that, they wouldn't be in a mess you're in. No. Wait a minute. You're going to go out and you're going to take the high road. Because obviously you have offended them, whether it was intended or real, whatever, something in them caused an offense. So you take that step and say, Will you forgive me? You make that, you go out. Come on. This, this breaking point has to vanish, it has to fall apart. Take up your position. Be a child of God. Be a man of God. Be a woman of God. And, and be, who a, be a Christian. Be a real Christian. Amen. Do not be afraid or discouraged, he says. And uh, go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And it says, Jehoshaphat bowed his face to the ground after hearing the word of the Lord. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Man, they heard the word of the Lord. You know, Romans 10, 7, it says... Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Now, people, this whole lineage that was given there was really talking about the lineage of Christ, in a sense. The application for us today is. And this was a message from the Lord that was telling them that. And so that produced faith, and the faith that was produced in them was able for them to get up tomorrow and go out and face it. Because you can pray and you can expect and you've got to launch your faith and faith takes you from where you are 
to where you need to be. Faith without works is dead. Faith works, this is what I like to say, faith works when you work your faith. So you've got to go out there. You've got to take that step. You don't want to. And so here you go. Here's the battle again. You're trying, oh boy, I don't know. And then you start to think, well, they ought to do this and they ought to. No, 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 no. Just wipe all that away. Get your mind upon the Lord. What's he saying? What's he doing? And we take our, up our position. The Bible says, 1 John says, for everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. This faith brings that overcoming spirit that we need to have. Amen. And then the last thing that they did, verse 20, it says, as they set out, here's this faith, as they set out, when they took that step of faith, now, they've been praying, they've been believing, but they had to activate their, as they set out, it says, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, after consulting the people, after telling them this, he says, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out there in faith and held uh, and, uh, at the head of the army saying give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever they began to sing praise to God not like oh woe is me gloom despair look at this enemy all this stuff you know they weren't doing that they were giving praise to God their eyes were upon God they were expecting in him and they launched their faith and as they went out it says as they began to sing and praise the Lord set ambushments against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated they were defeated. There's your victory right there. As you begin to activate your, your faith, and then praise is the language of faith. And that's the fourth thing that you need to have. That's the fourth action that you need to have. You need to pray. You need to believe or expect, have that, that hope. You need to have that faith. And then you need to praise him. And when you praise him, that's the language of faith that's going out and it's moving. And you're praising God because he's the one that's doing this. Not you, not somebody else, not something else. God's doing it. And they begin to praise him. <laughs> The psalmist said, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. Because David had learned something. Man, I need to not only seek his face and pray, and I need to expect him to take up the situation, and I need to activate it and believe and launch out there and, and go out and face that, that breaking point. But I need to praise him that he's already done it. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul said. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness, let your moderation, let your gentleness be evident to all. Everybody else ought to be able to see this. Man, how are you handling this? I ain't handling it. God is. And that's why I can have peace because I know he's handling it. Oh, man. Praise. You know what it brings? Look at verse 23. And the men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they had finished slaughtering the men of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. When you come to your breaking point, that's what I was afraid of? That's what we were dreading? Man, look at this. God's already been ahead of us. He's already gone before us. He says, and no one escaped. There's complete victory right there. 
Not halfway, but complete victory. So Jehoshaphat and, and his men went to carry off the plunder. Oh, here comes that reward for those that diligently seek him. They went to carry off the plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could, could take away, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you're able to ask or think. That's what God does. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. Hello. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka where they praise the Lord. And this is why it's called the Valley of Baraka today. It means praise. Then, then led by Jehoshaphat in verse 27, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. That's what you need to do. We need to be joyful. When we come to church, we ought to be joyful, man. Man, I had some break, breaking points this week, and, and I broke through them, and I've got victory, man. God changed me in this situation. Now we're rejoicing. And verse 28 says, they entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and, and trumpets. What's the first thing that happens when you go through a breaking point? You stop going to church. And then you get mad at God because God hadn't done anything. Well, you weren't expecting him to do anything, were you? You're just mad that, of somebody else and everything else. You're just mad at the whole situation. So we stopped going to church, right? Hmm. That's the wrong thing to do. That's not the action to do. You need to pray. You need to hope. You need to, to uh, believe. You need to have that faith. And you need to praise God. And then come to the temple and rejoice. Say, Man, and, and God's rewarded me out of this whole thing. And then it says, that last verse, it says, The fear of the Lord came upon all the kingdoms and, and the countries all around, the whole area there. And they were all at peace then with Jehoshaphat. They didn't want to mess with him anymore. You know how to put the devil in his place? Let God fight your battle. You show up and you begin to pray and expect and, and believe. Step out there in faith and praise the Lord and you're going to have complete victory. Isn't that what we want? Complete victory. That's the actions that we need to have. The attitude is, is that you need to know that this breaking point, it's going to provide some insight for me to see where I'm weak. You ought to get excited. You ought to get excited if you're at a breaking point because, hey, man, this is going to show me my weak areas so that I can strengthen those. And so that, we can, that I, can, I can be stronger for the next level that I'm going to. Because I'm not hanging down here anymore. I'm, go, I'm moving on up. That breaking point also is an opportunity for you to make some positive changes. It's not a breaking point. It's a changing point. That it changes you, like I've been saying. And you need to let that attitude be there. That you ought to say, I'm excited about this. I, because God's going to move. Let the same attitude or mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. And now he's set down before the Father in heaven. That's what that verse says. You need to have that attitude that says he took joy in his breaking point. He got to the point through prayer and through hope and through faith and through praise. And he got to the point of where now he could count his breaking point as joy that was set before him. And he endured that cross. He accomplished what God had for him to accomplish. So use it as a point to take a look at yourself and see where you need to change some stuff. Change some daily habits. Maybe there's some habits that you have in your life that you need to drop, drop those things. And, and maybe that's, the devil's getting some, strong, some you know, strongholds there against you. Push through your breaking point and make these positive changes in your life. And it's going to make you stronger and more experienced Christian and believer. I want to pray this morning. Hallelujah. God wants to bring some increase in your life. <laughs> Y'all didn't hear that. That went over like a pregnant pole vaulter. <laughs> Man, that just, poof. Y'all didn't catch that. I said, God wants to bring some increase. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God wants to bring increase to you. 
You need to tell somebody. Wait, wait a second, guys. We'll get it here just in a second. We don't have to worry. Texans aren't playing at noon. The Cowboys don't come on until 3, right? I'm all for the Cowboys now because I'm, I'm a Texan, man. If they lose, I'm going to go for the Kansas City Chiefs because it used to be the Dallas Texans before they went to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at somebody and tell, tell them, I'm still here. Tell me, I'm still here. You ain't dead. This thing ain't killed you. The devil didn't kill you yet. You know, I've been down, but say it with me. I'm still here. I've been tired, but I'm still here. I've been burdened, but I'm still here. Come on now. I've been lonely, but I'm still here. I've cried, but I'm still here. I've been knocked down, but I'm still here. I've had some rough times. I'm still here. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. Only the strong survive. The devil wouldn't be a devil if he didn't push you. But I want to tell you something. There ain't no breaking point that can come against you. That God can't strengthen you and take you over. Oh, I wish somebody would get some of this today. I'm preaching to somebody. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to somebody. If it's just one person, they're going to get through this breaking point in their life. You will survive this attack. You will live to fight another day. You're going to get through this thing. You're going to make it. Say, I'm still here. I woke up in CCU with a respirator down my throat, and I thought, I'm still here. And I began to say, great, tried to say, but I couldn't get it out with this thing down my, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm still here. You need to look at yourself and say, I'm still here. Devil, I'm still here. God's still on the throne. He's on the throne, and I'm going to be here. I'm going to take up my position, and I'm going to see this thing through. Hallelujah. The devil will try to tell you all kinds of stuff, but he's a liar. He's the father of lies. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on. You've got, you got what it takes. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say, I got what it takes. Come on, shout it. I got what it takes. I have got what it takes. Devil ain't going to get victory here. I got victory. I got victory. Look at somebody and say, I've got what it takes. I've got what it takes. Say, I'm an overcomer. I am victorious. I'm busting through this thing. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, go ahead and shout like you got victory right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for victory. We praise you that you are still on the throne. You see us in our situation. Lord, we're going to look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. You perfect it for what's necessary. Our trust, our expectation, our hope is in you. No plan B. It's all you, Lord. It's all you. We can look around say, Pastor Paul's still here. He made it through a breaking point. I can make it through a breaking point. Man, that's what I used to do. I thought, here I was. I thought, you know what? Well, so-and-so over there, they made it. 
If they made it, then that must mean God's going to help me. Amen. Amen. Come on now. I want you to see your breaking point. I want you to get it in sight. Go out before it. Stand firm. I want you to see this thing in your spirit. And then I want you to stand firm. I want you just to see. It's like that armor on you just begin to glow as the Holy Spirit just anoints you. There's no weapon that's formed or fashioned against you that can prosper. It can't succeed. Man, all those fiery darts just bounce off. That shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts. And I want you to begin to see your victory, not your defeat. See your victory, not the breaking point. There's victory on the other side of that. I want you to see yourself walking in victory. Now claim it. Say, that's mine. That's mine. By faith, I am certain that's mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Go ahead and say it. Victory is mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you for it right now. With our eyes closed, our heads bowed, and, you know, earlier in the worship service, we gave opportunity for you to pray a prayer and give your life to Christ. If you hadn't done that, you need to do so now. If you're at a breaking point, give that breaking point to God. Nobody looking around wants you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm, I'm victorious. This breaking point's not going to break me. It's going to be, it's going to change me for better. Hallelujah. Father, right now, I believe it. For everybody that's raising their hand right now, Father, just, Father, I thank you that you're going to increase their strength, increase their faith. Father, increase them and bless them right now. I thank you for the rewards that's coming on the other side of this breaking point, Father. I thank you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we're able to ask or think. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, okay. We got to.